This is Lawyer Talk, off the record, but on the air. But on the air. Um, I got to I got to perfect my radio voice. Uh, we're gonna we gotta, do. We got to air something out. You're a, you're a MMA guy. Right? You're a. You're, I'm a you're, huge MMA guy. Yeah. I, I was actually sitting on my couch last night when this Conor McGregor thing broke, and we'll talk about that in a second. But I was literally my jaw dropped, and I was making noises at my phone as I was watching the videos unfold about him, you know, smashing things and assaulting people. I, I, I got to tell you, I, my I wife said, "My wife goes, what happened?" Like she thought there was some huge breaking worldwide news. Like there was another school shooting. There was something that happened that was serious. I was like, Oh man, Dana White's making a statement. She's like, are, are you talking about UFC? She's like, you know, re- there's real news out there. She's like, you're constantly watching this UFC updates. Yeah. But you could say that to her about anything that she likes. It isn't important. I mean, it's like, you it, know, look, it's just, I like football. I like basketball. I used to play golf. I like golf, but I don't know what it is. At some point, years and years ago, I just found this love for UFC, MMA, Bellator, whatever it is, any sort of mixed martial arts competition. I love it. Well, if I if I do say if I can be so bold to, I don't don't even call it a crush. You got a man crush on Conor McGregor. You I'm not a big that. no. You, oh, come on, you even it's like you were you were watching this guy. You loved it. You were watching everything. I mean, this is like in the last year. He's a, he's a Tiger Woods of the sport, or Michael Jordan of the sport, or whatever you want to name for you know um, the sport of mixed martial arts because he just put it on the map. You know, I don't know that he's the best ever. I mean, I think he's sort of you know like used his status and his talk and his swagger and the media to kind of build him up and get him these fights with making much of money so now if you name conor, conor mcgregor to your wife she probably is going to know who it is where she probably would not be able to name any other fighter well this is like but i mean I, guy, I, don't, I hate the guy i think he's interesting it's it, it is it's an interesting what he's done and it's, he's not the first person to do this i mean I, I look i'm a boxing guy i've always been boxing I, yeah. I love it since high school i had a very close high school friend still a good friend of mine was a boxing aficionado in the sense that he could tell you the dates and that almost down to the times when the fights would start sure all the big fights in history and and sort of explain to me some of the art form behind it and, and not that he's a boxer but he just is uh, he just likes sport. i love it i've never even been punched in the face before it hurts Generally. I'm sure it hurts. Yeah, generally. But I mean, I have never been really been in a fight like where I punch somebody, but I love it. I love this stuff. But again, this goes back to but the before, hunting. It goes back to climbing mountains. It goes back to all that crap that I can't do. I just like watching it because right? I can't do it. But but this has been going on forever, probably in all facets of activity, where you get somebody who is really just a genius marketer and psychological. Yeah. Um, he's got a keen psychological understanding of what he needs to do to succeed in the sport and. You know, even before Muhammad Ali, who sort of was the mastermind. Right. Uh, I mean, he was the oh, master. Oh, emulating him for sure. I mean, his confidence in himself while – I mean, who knows if it was actually true confidence. But he understood that if he portrayed it that way, eventually it would just become true. Like we talked about this maybe in another one about Tiger Tiger mm-hmm. Woods and Jack Nicholas and, and yeah. those guys and how they looked at majors. But yeah. the, the confidence that they have – and Jordan was this way too. Yeah. Um, to to really, I guess, project that to the rest of the field or the rest of the sport and use it as your best weapon outside the ring is uh, is really nothing short of genius and remarkable. But it takes a very special person to it do does. it. Does you got to have that uh, that core confidence in your own ability in some level. You got to not give a crap if you get knocked down, or at least be able to deal with it. Yeah, 
because look, I mean, the, you, you are serving up the hugest plate of crow yeah. to yourself <laughs> if you get knocked out. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and Connor sort of did it. Now, what I always thought was interesting about him, and you would tell me these things where he would wake up in the morning, he would just start moving. You know, he's very yeah. sort of philosophical oh, about his life. Oh, he had a movement coach for a long time. That sort of fell off, and people sort of made fun of him for that. But he did. And I remember, I don't know how much we want to get into this. People want to listen to this. But um, I remember his coach got a call late at night. And Connor was watching, I think it was like animals wrestle, like bears or something like that, or some sort of tigers or something like that. He's like, look at the way he moves. He's like, I want to move like that. It's like he just took it to another level. And literally when he would get into the cage, you see him sometimes. I think you've seen it. He'll almost walk like an animal. As he goes in, he'll put his hands down as if it's paws. Yeah. He just wants his body to be loose and move. And oh. I remember that Aldo fight where you didn't like the punch that Aldo threw. You said he opened himself up. It but, was dumb. But in that fight, before that fight started, Rogan was commentating and Rogan said, he's like, this is interesting because Jose Aldo is looking at the ground and he looks like he's feeling the pressure of this moment. And I think that's, that's Connor for months and months and months leading that up to that fight. That is exactly what that he's is. He's like, Connor is extremely relaxed right now. And, and Connor boom, had, knockout he, seconds. He, he had the ability to do that outside the ring and ability to act on it where he actually understood how to relax his body. He still does. I suppose it just seems to me. And who, what do I know? But I just know what I watch. seems to me that he had, the, has the ability to really relax himself and function in real sort of slow motion time mm -hmm. in environments where it's speeding or for everybody else, it would be going at 500 miles an hour. It's yeah. like stand up in a courtroom like you do sometimes. And it isn't, it takes monumental work and effort, not at that moment, but before that moment to be able to slow it down and say, all right, I've got some great, I have this dialogue mm -hmm. with myself. I've got some ground to cover here. My heart's racing. My, you feel that juice, the adrenaline yeah. juice just hits you. Yeah. You feel the first, it just happens to me. It's not every time, but a lot. It still happens where my voice starts to quiver. I'm like, all It's right. funny, isn't it? it? All right. And I've done it a hundred times. Right? Yeah. Oh, I've done it too. And it sometimes yeah. happens to me at sentencing. Sometimes yeah. it happens to me in front of a jury. Sometimes, But as I said before, I had my stroke years ago and I still have something called clonus, which is, um, it's like almost a shaking in my knee. Once in a while, I'll look down and be like, holy crap, my knee's shaking. If I'm in those moments where I'm really feeling under the gun, I'll look down and sometimes I'll have to grab my knee and, 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 and steady myself. And there are techniques, maybe uh, like uh, Tantra. You know, it's like there's techniques mm. you can use. Kama Sutra is to that relax what you're your, To relax <laughs> your, your being and make it happen. And yeah. everybody's got their own version breathing of this. There's breathing exercises. There's meditation. You yeah. can do it in real time. And I do. And now when I play classical guitar i'm trying to learn how to do it while i'm performing for others to just do that in real time it's very difficult to do but mcgregor back to this he has the ability to do that he can be completely loose and relaxed in an environment where everybody else would be spinning it's incredible and i think ali was that way i think a lot of the jordan yeah. is that way yeah you know it's like it's like that old saying where jordan I don't know how many times he. There's a saying about how he, how many buzzer shots he shots made. He missed. How many, how many missed. I, I missed every shot that I didn't take, or something. Yeah, like or it's yeah. like he has no idea how many times he missed at the buzzer. Somebody told me the other day that um, Kobe Bryant, who's you know a legend, um, I don't know that he's up there with Michael Jordan and stuff like that, but he's up there. He's probably top 25 basketball players of all time. Somebody told me that his shot percentage, missed shots, are like maybe the the most ever. 
He might have the most missed shots ever, but he's looked at as a legend. Well, nobody, you know, Babe Ruth is this way. Like he oh, was yeah, almost a strikeout, strikeout king. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah. what it, this, uh, I'm, I'm spewing out facts. I'm not even sure about, but I'm pretty sure he had, Oh no, this is, this is fact. This podcast, I mean, it's off the record, but it's on, it's on the air, facts, man. It's factual yeah. stuff here, but he, he would, he had a huge strikeout percentage too, or he struck out a lot, I guess is to say, um, but it didn't, it doesn't phase those people. See, failure doesn't phase nope. those people. Nope. And this is why. This is this is why our society now. I mean, now I'm going to take this to a whole different level. And then we're going to talk about the prima donnas getting in trouble because really that's the topic of this. But oh yeah, um, this is why giving our youth the participation awards and giving our youth right. the sort of pat on the back and uh, don't worry, here's your cookie it worries for me. losing. Yeah. We are, nobody's learning this lesson that losing is a powerful, powerful, powerful tool mm-hmm. on the road to success. Yep. Um, yep. I mean, I, it, it, can you imagine if you gauged our success rate on winning criminal trials? Oh, my gosh. I mean, if you consider that people don't understand, we get that question sometimes too. How many do you win? It's like I win. How, what, what's your win percentage? I, you know, I just say, I say, I win a lot. I lose a lot. Yeah. And you know what else I say is like, look, I will tell you about the cases I've won. I will tell you more about the cases I've lost. But I will tell you before any of that, it makes no difference in your situation. Right. right? It just doesn't. Well, um, it's you can't pin down what a win and loss is here. I mean, we've had clients look us in the eye and say, thank you so much for all the work that you did. And they went to prison. Yeah. But they might not have gone for prison for how much, how long they thought they were going. Yeah. And, and sort of unlike the, maybe the TV notion of what we do, or even the, the UFC slash boxing slash, um, fight sport notion. It's like, we don't sign up to go to trial. Yeah. We sign up to take on the defense. And sometimes that means you have to go to trial. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't. I mean, it's not like if you're going to go hire a trial attorney, maybe you already know that the case has already been to this posture where it's going to trial. And mm-hmm. You just want the best hired guns you can get. Yeah. But even then, I think not living the case through its ince- or from inception through it would probably hinder my ability to try the case as good as I could have if I did. But anyway, yeah. um, the, the notion of you've got to get your ass kicked and learn how to get back up. Yeah. And that is what creates these legends who are able to do that and succeed despite that yeah. and act like they don't care because they don't. Yeah. Like, look, it sucks to get your ass kicked. I've had my ass. It sucks. Sure. But what do you do now? I mean, it's like, what are you going to yeah. do? And what's the character that's built as a result of it? But anyway, that story of the fight is hilarious. Maybe we don't detail that today, but how that person was, I think you told me one time you got punched in the face and you were just like, Oh, that's not like I would punch that person's had training. They know what they're doing. Like, I, oh, you know, no, I was, I, as fast I was, as I can. I was reading an article about this. I got fascinated with this crap one night. I, I don't remember why, but I was reading about it. And somehow I end up on this blog somewhere. About how to punch? No, just about guys fighting. And I, oh, okay. I don't even know what it was. It was but it started with a UFC try research and what kind of fighting style they use. And I was yeah. just trying to learn. This is years ago. And, uh, Somehow I ended up on this chain of people bantering back and forth about bar fighting. Really? I don't even know why. But this guy's like, look, suffice it to say, if you're in a bar fight and the guy across from you starts throwing straight right hands at your face, (laughs) he probably knows what he's doing. No, the straight right. It's like we're not these big roundhouse haymakers. Yeah, that's that's a jab, right? No, if you're right-handed, a jab's going to be your left, right? Oh, okay. 
but a straight right is like you come at. Uh, so it's like, going down the pipe with it. Huh? It's like if you if you get somebody who knows how to throw straight, effective, powerful punches at your face, you should probably run unless you know how to deal with that, yeah. right? Because it's, yeah. this is not the haymaker, uh, typical bar fight scenario. Yeah. And they probably know what they're doing. And then if you add into that, like throw into that milkshake, some dude who's actually got some real training on how to kick. Yeah. And how to defend themselves. I've seen those videos. And then couple that with a guy who's just freaking crazy. Yeah. Who will pick up the freaking glass vodka bottle oh, yeah. and kill you with it. Yeah. It's like then you you just you're doomed, yeah. right? I mean, it's like this this thing. You know, they they flash these like bar fights, like somebody caught on their phone. And I saw one the other night where somebody was leg kicking somebody. So they're standing there, and he's leg kicking the meat of his leg. Right. It's just like. You need to turn around and run away. It's probably not a guy you want to take yeah. on, right? It's yeah. like in more and more these days, there's so many people like sort of engaged in the art of fighting and doing it regularly yeah. that it's like the chances I'm glad I'm not in that scene to go get my ass or go even risk such an endeavor. It's like, yeah, my last fight was a long time ago. That's all I can say. Yeah. But uh, it, it just is this notion that these guys can train for this, do it, and then compete in the, at the highest of level in a relaxed state and use their confidence as a tool against the opponent is really sort of remarkable. Well, the, mind, the mind is the reason they've It really is, right. They've they just echelon. learned to do it. And that's what I thought Conor McGregor was. But what happened now? Well, I, I've been reading as much as I can, so we can talk about this a little bit. But my understanding is that, just to give everybody a little bit of a backstory, there is a Russian fighter that is fighting this weekend. And he is in the division that Conor McGregor is in. Now, Conor hasn't fought for a while since Floyd Mayweather, and everybody's wondering if he's ever going to fight again. But there is some feud going on between the Irish team of Conor McGregor and this Russian team. And so I think what happened was one of Conor's teammates was walking through the hotel, and he was accosted or surrounded by a bunch of Russians. They have this on video, actually. And I think that's how Conor heard about it or saw it. And basically sort of, I think they're bantering about Conor or, you know, in some way saying they're a better team or whatever, and it got to kind of push in and, you know, you know, slapping and stuff like that. And Connor flipped out. Apparently he got a bunch of Irish hooligans together and they found their way into the bottom of the Coliseum where the fight is going to happen, where these fighters had just engaged in a press conference and they were getting on buses and Connor basically with his crew of people rushed the buses, picked up everything he could think of dollies and bike racks and trash cans and started firing them at the bus. And I think it resulted in three, different fighters involved in the fight on Saturday that had to be withdrawn and they can't find replacements for them. So it took, it took out a huge chunk of the card. And I mean, we're talking about, I mean, these are, there's some, I know people that probably listen to this aren't big MMA fans. A couple of them are really big fights. Yeah. Um, and people that, I mean, think about, they work for months, training camp, well, making weight, the they're, promotional they're not, money and the dollars oh and, the, and the money spent. I mean, he's going to get, sued out the wazoo i don't know if they'll ever fight again everybody says no this is all part of connor this is going to be such a big hype for khabib i think khabib is on uh is on audio because the thing about nowadays and we talk about this with defense of our case people everybody has a cell phone and dana was saying dana when i mentioned dana he's a president of the ufc so he made a statement regarding what connor did and uh there's cameras everywhere. There's cameras in the bottom of that Coliseum. Everybody has their cell phones turned on. They're all watching what's going on. And I think there's a comment, which is getting played over, that Khabib is in one of the cars. Khabib's this Russian fighter that they're having this feud. Um, and he's basically saying, I'm going to kill that guy. He so, probably means it. He probably means it. So I mean, look, not to, not to go too sideways, I've worked on some cases that have, let's just say, have sort of crossed the sphere of the 
Russian underworld. I I will tell you, there is some heavy duty shit that goes on. I don't know what that, goes and, on, I, there. and I'm sure the Irish are the same way. I, 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 I don't know what goes on there, but the person that that this Russian is fighting, he actually took the place of somebody else, and he got it on short notice. So he was running on. I watch all this behind the scenes crap because I'm in, I'm a geek, but he was running on a treadmill, and this fighter was not there, but this these teammates, these Russians, and we all know. I'm not trying to single out Russians, but we know that look. And these Russian groups, who you could clearly identify as Russian individuals, all just came and surrounded him. One ran on the right, one ran on the left, one just kind of walked and mingled behind him. I don't know if this is a gamesmanship thing, a mental thing. He's literally the guy that he's fighting. He's running. He's like, why am I being surrounded by Russians right now? Right. Like, and I'm just trying to work out <laughs> what the heck is going on. It's like, I don't know what that is. But it, it, look, Connor is either a mastermind, and this is going to lead to the biggest Ireland versus Russia we are ever going to see. And it's going to be a super fight, and it's going to be big time money. Or he's never going to fight again. He's going to get sued, and the commission's going to say because of that crap, you're stripped. You can't fight anymore. I hope he saved his money. But I mean, we go back to John Jones. People don't know who John Jones is. That guy was a champion that hit a woman that was pregnant, actually injured her, um, and ran from the scene. And he's still out right now. But people say he's going to come back and fight. I don't know. Maybe. Um, But he didn't. He didn't destroy a a complete fight card by taking out Uh, fighters that are not even part of it. A couple things. First, I got to talk about the Russians a little bit more. I had the Putin. My dad at one. For whatever reason, I found myself in vodka in Estonia. Estonia. Estonia in the mid-90s. And at that point, the Soviet Empire had been sort of dismantled in in different ways. And Estonia used to be a Soviet-controlled area. So what you had there... Well, it's like democracy and stuff like that, right? Yeah. (laughs) What you had there was a bunch of old Soviet infrastructure... And this sort of re-emerging culture of Estonians who were very proud to be Estonians. And then you had the old Russians who were, or the old Soviets who were there, and they were – they couldn't really go home. They were expats. They couldn't really go home. You couldn't become an Estonian citizen unless you spoke Estonian, and I guess that's the only – like you wouldn't learn it, right? Well, they're Spanish, French, and Estonian in high school, right? Yeah, they, and certainly they weren't I teaching. should have signed up for that one. And. It was this weird sort of culture. So you had Russian bars and you had Estonian bars and you had these different things. Well, I was hanging out. And see, I grew up in this era of Rocky Four, right? Where you got, yeah. where you hate the Russians, you're scared to death. You're like you have these drills where you're hiding under the tables for yeah. the nuclear. I mean, it's like everything was this notion in the 80s about this escalating Cold War and nuclear holocaust yeah. and, you know, Red Dawn type stuff. Oh, yeah. Like Patrick Swayze is out there drinking blood. It's one of my brother's favorites. And so I and I never really had looked eye to eye with any Russians, but they were they were my sworn enemies growing up, right? Even Rocky hated them until the end. Then then the countries got together. Yeah, Drago, I must break I'm, you. I must break you, like a piece of iron. But <laughs> that's a great line. Just hit he, the one. Uh, the, is that the one where he said hit the one in the middle? Yeah, hit the one. In like the I middle. can't see. Hit the one <laughs> in the, the middle. One, maybe. <laughs> uh, but I got a chance one night. I remember one night I was out drinking beers in some bar. It was a Russian bar. And uh, man, you're really this is I, out drinking in a Russian bar in Estonia at this time in the 80s. No, it was mid 90s. So this has already right. happened. It was in, yeah. in Estonia at a bar where they were all Russians because it, it, was, it was still sort of this weird segregated population. Right. And just various vodkas on tap. We were drinking. I was probably drinking beer. And this I got to drinking with a, with a guy next to me at a bar. He's a Russian dude. And really, for the first time, I had looked 
I'm looking at my enemy in the face, sort of having beers with him. You know, this is the guy that if there would have been a World War Three that and I got drafted to go, I'd have been fighting him. Right? He was yeah. he was my age, and yeah. that was sort of it. Um, and I, a couple of things about him, he was very similar. Very, I mean, like he he was a big guy, and the, the Russians were all sort of big, imposing looking yeah. people. And I think Americans are sort of looked at that way too. Or just if you walk around, the, the, you could tell somebody who was Estonian. They're usually just more petite. But he was sort of this big, healthy, strapping guy. I was talking about weight. I was into weightlifting back then. So he was talking about his bench press and talking about this, talking about this. Very similar yeah. in, in, in culture, except I just sort of got the impression those guys are badasses, right? I mean, it's like oh, yeah. they, 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 I, I left that night and I woke up the next day, gave it some contemplative thought as much as I could with a little hangover haze. And I just said, that would have been a worthy adversary it's like um, more than that now probably would have, it would have been a button pushing war in a lot of ways i think but it, it yeah it but uh, in like hand to hand that was a, they were every bit that we were now we thought we grew up thinking we're badasses right we can you know we're americans right we can do, but the russians are i guess this is my long window of saying they, they are nobody to screw with in the cases i've worked on it, it it's sort of like what Connor did, right? This kind of some little diss happens, yeah. And there's an over the top like throat cutting back. response, right? Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. So anyway, back to this. So here's what here's what bothers me about what Connor did, and why I think it is more than simply a publicity stunt. As I understand, well, you answer this question. the The original sort of insult, yeah, that happened at the hotel, yeah. Was Connor there for that? No, I don't okay. think so. And wh- when in time did that occur? I think the day before. All right. So Connor basically plans a revenge. Yes. And I understand that he was actually in Ireland. I don't know that. Right. I, I know that he was, I think he was planning to be ringside for this fight because that's how they hype it. Right. If, right. if, if the Russian wins, they're probably going to jump the cage and they're going to point at each other. And then they're going to, right. yeah. so I thought he was, I thought he actually, so I think he was planning. In. No, I think he was planning on being here for the fight. But this was not just an immediate guttural response. Hey, look, now it's game on, dude. You're going to insult me. I'm coming after you. It's he like, got to sleep on it and call 25 of his buddies. And This is a calculated plan. Yeah. Premeditated. Premeditated. Let me use this word. Crime. Yeah. I mean, there's, we were just talking about this. There's a litany of crimes, I think. Yeah. I'm not I, – I don't want to go too far with this, but I've seen these cases made before. You know, we've had the cases where somebody – gets in a fight maybe they're at a party they're lawfully there everybody's partying and they say get the heck out of here and they push them out the front door and close the door and lock the door yeah. and then that person tries to break back in and says no i'm not leaving and kicks the door in what is that that's burglary that's burglary yeah, people though. think burglary i didn't steal nothing yeah. no, burglary is yep. breaking into a, a structure at a time when you know yeah. or should know or it could be habitated i'm, I'm it's, summarizing it's my understanding and there's video of this it's my understanding that connor in some way finagled his way in there probably because of his status and getting through various security and um you so know, credentials by force or stealth he got stealth himself in is yeah. right there i mean this could be a possible burglary charge i mean he didn't have credentials to be down in that but it was an occupied area. structure or was it just an area i don't know anyway but here's the point it's certainly a felonious assault because what this guy does is i just had this conversation with another lawyer on the way in today i was talking about case it's like he adopted a dolly a furniture dolly is that sort of what i'm hearing the, the video i saw a prosecutor actually sent me this, a buddy of mine who, who likes UFC. The video I saw was clearly Conor McGregor sprinting in right beside the bus, picking up a metal dolly and throwing it through the first window on the side of the bus, which is my understanding. There's a fighter sitting there and the glass shattered and cut his face. And, you know, when we think of felonious assault. We think of things like uh, broken bones. Maybe you uh, break a nose. Maybe you break an orbital bone or something like that from, from a punch. 
I mean, at least in Ohio, if you cause, you know, injury that requires, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Injury, that, that injury, an injury that would require medical attention. Medical, well, yeah, yeah but certainly that would cause cosmetic. I mean, because if he has some significant cut that requires stitches, um, that, that could be, be a felonious assault. Right? And that's a, that's a permanent defacing of him. So black eye, simple assault. Yeah. Need stitches, break your nose, felonious assault. The problem with that, from Connor's standpoint, is that, A, it's a felony. B, it's sort of premeditated. Like, not only – so there's, there's now, this I don't concept. Know. I actually don't know where they're fighting. I don't know what, what they would call it in that particular state. All right, who knows? We're just making it up anyway. Oh, man. Sorry. Do you guys hear that? That was me punching the wall in frustration. Yeah, we're, we're just making this up anyway. But there, there's, a no, there's this concept in law. We call it hot blood. And what, what people think of hot blood, just think manslaughter, right? You walk in on somebody screwing your wife and you flip out and kill the guy. It's like everybody's like, all right, you killed him. You committed murder. But we're just going to call it manslaughter because you were, you were uh, under the, a sudden fit of passion or rage or something like that where yeah. you, you, know, it's, you just couldn't control your own anger. All right, yeah. So the law historically and traditionally has left room for that. This is not what we're talking about here with old Connor, right? We're talking about a guy who planned this attack. This is not right. hot blood. This is a planned, uh, to use your words, premeditated felony assault yeah. on somebody who's in his sport. It's nuts. I know. I know it's nuts, and it's it's not only one. I think there's two fighters that were actually pulled from the card, and then there was some employee of the UFC that also had like a knuckle broken. This is like Mr. T killing Mickey. Have you seen any of these videos? I was wondering. I mean, he looks like he's on drugs or something, Connor. running around acting like a crazy person. I mean, probably. I mean, who knows? I, I mean, I can't imagine what they were going like to hear something like that shatter glass on a bus and be backing up the way they were. I would probably think, holy crap, this is like one of these shootings. Well, that he we could have been shot. It's like, this like could you be, don't think there's bodyguards around carrying weapons that would just shoot yeah. him for that kind of stuff? Well, maybe. I wonder why it didn't happen. Yeah. So maybe, maybe well, I was freaking out, and it's weird because you can hear when you maybe watch the inside of it. Now that I think about it, how come? How come? Aren't there bodyguards? Aren't there people that would just stop this? Well, I just saw maybe him fighting people off. Yeah, I just I saw him, and you probably think it's like it's Conor McGregor. He's going to do his shit and be like, you know, talk, you know, talk smack and all that crap. But he's never going to do that. I mean, it, these right, are these are professionals. Takes it over the top. So this is what you wonder. It's like when with the Mayweather crap. Like the first time you saw their press conference, it's like maybe you thought it was sort of intense, but then they did the same thing over and over and right. over again. It just yeah. sort of got stupid. Just played, yeah. And and Ali and Frazier used to do this, and Ali would just torment the man. Yeah. Right in public, yeah. and it really got to Frazier. I think. I mean, he would take this gorilla it's, and say, "Hey, gorilla, we're in Manila." When you and, sign to fight an Ali, when you sign to fight a McGregor, I think the fight starts right then when you sign on the on the dotted line, and that's when the pre- that's when the the purse starts too, right? They're yeah. doing that to generate yeah. hype to get the money yeah. and and play the psychological game. And I thought Connor was just sort of a genius at that, but like I've read this, or I, read, or I saw this uh, video. It must have been a documentary about Ali or maybe Frazier. One of them. It's like Frazier would say. When Ali was down because he was stripped of his titles, wasn't allowed to fight because of the uh, draft dodging case. Yeah, um, he sat down in a limo or the back of a car with Frazier, and Frazier said he stuck some love in his pocket. You know, meaning he gave him some cash because Ali was just broke. And uh, maybe and stuck it was some love uh, in his pocket. Yeah, yeah. put some love. Put in that his a pocket. different way. I think that's how he said it. But he, um, it, it's like 
they sort of understood, I guess, on some level that this was what was necessary. And I think I'll leave and one, one time I'd go to Joe and say, hey, man, we're going to make a lot of money on this fight and then go back to the gorilla. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. To, to Ali, it was a I'm game. I'm sure they call each other and be like, look, I'm going to say some stuff about you and your mom and your daughter. Oh, no. Ali, I, don't, I think there was no love lost by the end. I mean, Fraser hated <laughs> yeah, the man and still yeah. does, still thinks he won and broke his jaw. Anyway, the, the thing is that I thought Connor was just that. But you never saw Muhammad Ali actually go out and, and assault somebody like that, like the, in this kind of thing. Yeah. So this might yeah. have been drug fueled. It might have been. I don't. Maybe I, the guy's I, just gone to his head. So here we have that. We have this notion of the prima donna right. taking it too far. Well, it's weird. It's the Tiger Woods problem. It right? is. It's just gone too far. It's weird because to achieve what they've achieved, those type of athletes, you almost have to have that other component of you. You have to have that narcissist inside of you. You have to have that, you know, you don't care about what other people think. You don't care. You're, 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 learned, the, you're right. the king. So I don't, nobody's going to touch me. I'm going to do what I want. And so often they come from these humble beginnings with just nothing. They had to scrape and scratch and do whatever right. they could to even get food or, you know, whatever the old yeah. story would be. And, and then they get too much and they get it too fast. And it's like this huge fall from grace. And is this that for Connor? I don't know. I mean, Tiger, he's in the Masters right now. I guess he's sort of competing. Yeah. What did he do yesterday? Plus one. What's the leaderboard? I think six under is uh, uh, Jordan Spieth. All right. So in the old days, that would not have been an insurmountable. No, he's only seven back. I, I still, it's weird, man. I got this love for, for Tiger. It's sports, still, I go to bed and I'm like, bet. all right, he's still in it. He's still in it. He sports can, better with he him can, in it. He can put under 66, 65, some good number up tomorrow and he's right back in the hunt. It's like, that's probably not going to happen, but it is. It's, it's weird. When he's in it, you want to tune in. Yeah. And that's what Connor's like. It's like you love him or hate him. You want to see what happens. Either you tune in to get him, watch him get beat, or you tune in to watch him win. So I wonder, you know, let's take this parallel to what we do. You get this notion of somebody who's had too much, overindulged, so uh -huh. to speak. Yeah. And enormously successful in ways that are very material. Uh-huh. Um, so I think there's, well, a, there's we saw this, that and then Floyd made this stuff. It's like bringing money out. Yeah. Just very much ma this, this material success that really amounts to nothing other than materialism. And then, you know, we've talked to, we got a happiness episode somewhere in here. I don't know if it's come out yet, but it like is what really is going to, well, it's you like happy? your basic needs. It's like, it's gone so far afield that you lose track of reality. Has that happened here? And then you think you're just above it all. You can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. And yeah. And we well, represent this, this happened before. I mean, in, on a smaller scale. I don't know if you saw that, but he actually, another Irish fighter was fighting in another competition somewhere. Um, it was a UFC-type fight, but it wasn't the UFC. And when he won, Connor was sitting in his corner. He ran in there and hugged him. And the referee was like, look, you can't, you can't do this, man. We got we to separate the fighters. We got to have people come in and check them out. You can't just run and rush this fighter. So the referee tried to pull Connor off, and Connor lost it. Actually pushed him back and said, you don't touch me, um, because he feels above it. Um, and that was sort of our first glance at him being like, dude, I'm Conor McGregor, man. I can do whatever I want. And I think that's what he thought well, running in there. He's like, this is just going to be something that's going to hit the news. It's going to make maybe, more money for me. But this is sort of his, uh, maybe his upbringing is like, he's been on the streets. It's like, you don't, certain things you don't do. Right. And I know guys like this, like you yeah. cross them. They don't care what it's going to do to their world. They're yeah. going to get you. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know guys like this that no, this guy was on Conor McGregor. I, I, I don't remember how many years ago, but he was on food stamps. I think five six years ago in iron all right so he's, he's, a, he's trying to make it as a fighter he's a tough guy but yeah. there's just certain guys whether they're uh, what they're just they're, that's in their wiring where if you cross them or they perceive that you've crossed them they will kill you you think or at least kick the living shit out of you <laughs> yeah until 
and not stop until somebody stops them. I mean, I've, yeah. I've, I've just been around yeah. people like that before, yeah. and I'm not one of those guys. I'm just not. I mean, I, I think pushed to my limit, I could do it, but what you can kill somebody. Now we're really getting dark on this. Uh, I mean, to, to, like the question is though, it's like it would take a lot. I've seen people snap over stuff that I would be like, dude. Well, you know what happened? We talked about this before. It's like that's that straw. It's like the camel has so much weight before yeah. it crumbles. Well, some people it's have like no that camel. last yeah, straw drops down. It's like we do that with our families. It's like you had it all day, and then you hear one kind. That's, like, not, oh, what I'm, that's not what I'm talking. Done. I've been with people all day. So when you talk snap, you're talking about like seeing red. Seeing red and just going after somebody and not care gotcha. and just not care. These are the guys that you think it's a fist fight. They go get a chain out of their car, right? It's like, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care. Yeah. And is Connor that guy? I mean, sort of like you can't even touch him and hold him back in some scenario. It's like, wait a minute, dude. You, I mean, it's like, you can't, oh, you would think somebody would bear hug him and say, dude, do you realize what you're standing to lose here? It's like, and here really? he's done this and he doesn't give a shit. He's and to just, be honest with you, it had it gone just him yelling, screaming at the bus. It's a stunt. It's a stunt. And now it's, he gets away. It's great. I think what's going on here. There's this, he's starting to expose his core a little bit and he is no longer able to conceal this part of him. That's just crazy. So you think it's like an Irish thug thing. It's made him, it's made him very wildly successful as you said. Yeah. But now it's going to be his downfall. Tiger was the same way. He had that drive. He had this intensity. He had this this complete focus on what he's doing. Um, but I think it led to this huge entitlement of material stuff. Yeah. And this just have what you want whenever you want it, and you're so great, and everybody's talking about you. you got commercials on TV. you got the whole nine yards. Well, he's, a, then, he's, an, he's an addict, too. I mean, in my opinion, Tiger Woods is an addict. I he's so good anybody, at golf because he was addicted to golf. Well, it, right. He's, he's got had drive. sex. Right. Yeah, he's had the, he's the sex the counseling because everything he does, he does want He wants all of it, right? Yeah. He's got a dopamine response yeah. that just says, I want. Yeah. I want And it. if it's win, I want to win, 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 win. And I'm, he can I'm addicted focus to on it in a very, very intense way that made him great. And he's got, he's got the natural athletic ability to go with it. But I think a lot of people have that. The question is, they have mm-hmm. it all. But here we've got yet another prima donna. So what do we got crime-wise? Trespassing minimum, criminal damaging. Let's just apply it to Ohio. Now, I did look it up. Barclays is in New York, which is a whole new problem. New York only recently allowed mixed martial arts in their state. It was one of the states that banned it. So I don't think anybody's talked about this, but it's like, this sucks that it happened in New York because the people didn't even want to do this anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so we got trespassing. We got criminal damaging in a minimum. We got assault, maybe felonious assault. Yeah. Right? We've got, what else we got? Disorderly conduct you can throw in there all day long. Yeah, I mean, all this sort of, I think the big felony here is going to be this felonious assault causing serious physical harm or physical harm to somebody else. Or, I, But it's probably not. I cut, can you imagine your restitution in this case? What he's going to owe? It's like keeping a, a fighter that Just was write preparing the check. for a fight. Well, I know. But, Just write the check. Uh, you might be right. The problem is you can write the check. If you're buying check, 50 cars and 51st it might not be his bank account might not be quite what we think you can write the check until you can't now he's gonna get used to writing the check and then one day it's like now there's no more fights there's no more check what's he gonna do next i mean what is this guy capable of doing outside this sport commentating movies he's already been in a couple movies yeah but his stock price for movies is gonna go down a tube for this crap too you think so it's not like he's some you know nobody's gonna want to work i mean what do you think that uh Denzel Washington's going to want to work with this right, guy. Right. Lunatic, right? I mean, some, be like, I don't want to work with this guy. Some trained actor. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the movies are going to be just – maybe. I mean, who knows? Bruce Lee did it. Well, it's going to so. be like what Ronda Rousey did uh, – what's that show called of those guys? Right, right. I mean, so – but Entourage. Hollywood, Hollywood entertainment has sort of shifted in this reality, half-reality yeah. mode yeah. of – Right. So he could right. probably flourish in something like that, but that's not the millions he's making now. Right. And that's never going to be good enough for him. And of course not. Yeah. Because what? What is good enough for this guy now? That's the problem. More, more, more. There's nothing good enough for this. Yeah. That's the that's you just hit it. What's good enough for these people? What was good enough for Tiger Woods when he was wasted and, and going through all that? nothing? Right? It, it was this limitless, unex, inexhaustible list of wants. Yeah. And who might have beat up Tiger? Woods? I mean, I like the guy actually, but I, I actually feel sorry for some of these guys because it's like he's con- he's conditioned to want infinitely. Yeah. And I think maybe that's where Connor was. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have well, to I don't see. know. I don't know what he wants. I think he's conditioned to want his things he's addicted to. Because I don't know that, that, that Tiger Woods was some big spender. I don't know. Like, as far as, like, I didn't see him walk around and driving Maseratis. Oh, and, by want, I don't mean saw, necessarily. I saw Conor McGregor. I mean, yeah, material, sure. material to the max. Yeah. And, and, but look, Tiger was no stranger to it either. But yeah. uh, just to want what he wants. Yeah. You know, just to want what you want. And I think successful people often obsess over the things that they want. And it makes them very successful. Yeah. It's like, do you, do, which day you can push them in this direction or you can push them in this direction. And this direction is our office, right? Yeah. That's the, yeah. and how many people have we seen? I don't, I mean, we're talking about uh, people who have had too much and have gone too far. It's like a lot of our clientele, sadly, that have found themselves in trouble. We have to help deprogram sure. this mindset. And it is, uh, let me just toot. This, this is all about tooting our horn, I suppose. But I think we're really good at working with people that feel that entitlement like that, but they can be hard to deal with. I mean, people just call sure. incessantly and want, sure. want, want, don't understand why this is happening to them. And I can't imagine like Conor that. McGregor as a client. It would be an impossible. I can't even imagine. It would yeah. be so difficult. Yeah. And I've represented, I can't mention names, but I represented a, an athlete one time and I ended up just not doing the case. I mean, it was just, it was, an, yeah. it was just like, look, dude, I don't speak your language. This is, you are a spoiled brat of the highest order. Yeah. And I am done. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe I'd be better at it now. I'm, I'm years older, but yeah. I mean, it's like I am never. I know been, who you're talking about. And that one was a tough one. I've never been a trophy kisser. You know, it's like I don't yeah. care. It's like I meet actors like, hey, how you doing, dude? You know, it's like I, I, don't, it, I don't, I'm not starstruck by stuff like that. But yeah. Um, I think they're used to that. But anyway, I don't know. What do we cover today? We covered people who get in trouble when they're famous. I don't know what that's relevant for, but. I guess it's uh, timely. Yeah. I mean, we had to talk about that mess because he's in court. I mean, he's in jail now. I understand it. Connor's and, in jail? Yeah. You didn't know that? He got arrested for this? Yeah. He ran from the, the Barclays Center, and they put a warrant out for his arrest, and I think he turned himself in later that evening. He's in jail right now. I don't know when his arraignment is. I'm How's this guy not out on bond? I mean, this is... Well, I mean, it. my understanding is... this Does is he more, need a lawyer? Where is this he? This is more... He's in New York right now. Do you he have go a license? In, I don't have a license in New York, but... I'd be happy to jump on a plane and, and have somebody, uh, have somebody uh, you know, for this time only, allow me to represent this gentleman. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's in – I understand these are probably misdemeanor offenses. I don't know that it's going to rise to the level of felony assault. Should we send him a card? Well, that'd be direct solicitation. We can't do that. No, 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 no. I'm the biggest fan of yours. Oh, okay. Here's yeah. how you can reach me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Check Call out me. our podcast. Check out our podcast. Where we just, where we just raked you over the coal. <laughs> We're not going to publish this podcast, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. This one's going to stay in yeah. the – server realm of storage yeah. until our representation of conor mcgregor is yeah. complete yeah well the thing is i'd represent conor for free i wouldn't i would 
Why? He can pay you. I know he can pay, but I just... Like, do you think that guy's going to respect you if you say it's free? That guy wants to hear a million bucks. Well, then I guess we just... Two million then, huh? Well, one for you, one for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't do it. It's like, there is a notion. It's like, I, I, I got to say this. Well, look, the media is going to be all over this. And then I'm going to be holding up a sign that says, lawyer talk. Check off out our air, podcast. On the record. Off the uh, yeah. record. On the, whatever it is. Yeah. They're going to be like, Mr. Lynn, can you, can you focus here? It's like... I'm holding this sign up going, lawyer talk. Hey, Connor, hold on. Sit tight for a second. You just sit tight, buddy. Similar, right? yeah. now, it, hey, it, by the way, in your next Burger King commercial, mention lawyer talk, and that's a, that's a, that's a colon there. Lawyer talk. Off the record. Off the record. <laughs> See, you get the space. Lawyer talk. Off the record. Yeah, yeah. But on the air. Yeah. Right. So it's it's catchy. Connor would like that kind of Yeah, thing. just hold up your cell phone. Hey, can you say that in the cell phone really, really quick? Say it real quick, Connor. We'll, we'll just cut it into the start of the show. So, yeah, I mean, I think we'd have to build. He's in jail. I don't know where he's going to where this is going to land. I just know that everyone, including the people that work for six months to fight their fights are furious and they want him in jail. They want him to stay in jail. Well, uh, he's not going to stay in jail, but they're, but they're pissed. The UFC's pissed because now all the money they were standing to make, this was a great fight card, great fight card. And now it's been totally dismantled. There's a, the, 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 the people, the alleged victims are always, they, and it's like, it's never enough. Like if you've been, if you've been victimized, harmed or hurt in some way by the actions of somebody else, it's hardly ever enough. Right. I mean, it's like, well, I know, but you have the cases where the bar fight and somebody forever. comes in and says, I don't care. We were both drinking. We had some swings. I don't care what happens. That's to the guy. because that's because those people have a real world view of the world. Right. I mean, it's yeah, like, you're right. Or, but what if they were dead and their family comes in? Then it's not. I mean, it's like, yeah. But you're you're right. It's not always, but often. It's like it's never enough. We're dealing with a case right now, where I'm trying to think which one. It's a, a death resulting. Give me a, a wink, wink. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. There you go. Yep. It, it, and it clicked. Whatever Just give it me a is, second. whatever it is, it's <laughs> not going to be enough. I mean, it could be a death penalty case. It's still not enough. I'd still be worried about if we won the case, right. Or even if we lost the case, or whatever would happen, I'd still be worried about some family outside saying you're a no good, rotten defense lawyer. You know, mm-hmm. it's like in mm-hmm. the facts of our case, we should win, right? I mean, it's not a yeah, yeah we should win. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, you know, so he's in jail. He's going to be arraigned. There's going to be a lot of publicity about it. I don't. It'd be interesting to see how this unfolds. And um, I don't see how you do this under the table. Maybe, I think it has to be media camera in your face, lawyer standing next to you in jail garb, saying, "What's your bond?" I don't see how they just set him a bond. I don't know how New York works, but. Well, I think he's there's a process. There's a process here where we could do it, but Maybe. I don't think that I don't think the I don't think the county prosecutors would go with it. No county and no judge. I mean, they're not going to want it. They're going to be like, look, I'm not going to look like I mean, I'm giving this no million special millionaire favors, special right. favors. Yeah, right, right. So that's the problem with it. Um, I still don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that we end up with that case. <laughs> I hope so. I don't know. How many people listen to this podcast right now? Yeah, what do we got? We've got like yeah, five subscribers. We got my my brother. <laughs> Family Shout members. out to Stephen Lynn. So we got my brother. We got my uh, brother in law. Who do you got? I don't even know. My wife. Your wife listens. She's, she's I don't even listen. think my wife's listening. She's like, I'm not listening to that garbage. It's like no. I mean, my wife listened to like the first couple and she said, Yeah, it's good. Keep doing. It. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Keep doing it. Yeah, yeah, great, great. I'm sure she's on it right now, listening. Yeah, right. Uh, right. So yeah, I don't know how many, but it's gonna. You know, I, I can only assume that. We have to worry about the fame going to our heads too. The only thing we can hope for is that we have the old uh, the Mickey referral, our good friend Mickey, that on the jail cell wall somewhere in New York City it says six one four two two four six one four two. These are the guys. And Connor on the says, 
I got your I got your number from a jail cell wall. Right. These are the guys on the Blitz and their podcast. They're yeah. good. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> right, right, somebody, right. Somebody carved it in with their with their toothbrush. They whittled down to a so with, stabbing device. With commentary on prima donnas, you get in trouble. Conor McGregor, what it's like to be in a bar fight. Tiger Woods, golf, and all sorts of other good stuff. This is lawyer talk, off the record, but on the air until now. 